Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. So delighted to be back with you again today. We are going to take a look at joint ventures, the cheapest, easiest, fastest, and safest alternative to real estate investing. And I am so glad to have with us Jeff Lerman, who is a specialty in joint ventures. And we just haven't had enough information on our show in conjunction with joint ventures. So I am so glad he's joining us. Jeff is an unusual liar. He is recognized nationwide as the real estate investor's liar, and he is also a real estate investor himself. His clients tell him they hire him because he understands the business and uses his investing experience to craft more practical, creative, and effective solutions. His law firm helps investors nationwide with all the real estate transactions. For Californians who are investing in real estate, he helps with litigation. Jeff has been featured on television, radio, in publications, and in real estate investment clubs. His credentials include being president of the Marin County Bar Association and being included in North California Super Lawyers, the top 5% cream of the crop. So, yes, welcome. And take a scene in the show by sharing a memorable experience that's taken you to where you are today. Okay. When you say liars, it sounds like liars. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm not a liar. <laughs> the East Coast thing, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I got started. In real estate, when my wife, God bless her, sent my law profile to a real estate firm. And at that point, I had no prior experience in real estate. I had a one meeting with that law firm, and I got a phone call from the firm's top lawyer who had his own real estate company with a billion-dollar portfolio. He was the one who hired me as his general counsel, even though I had no real estate experience. So. I think the takeaway for your listeners might be don't assume that you need experience before you get into real estate investing, because I certainly did not. Well, that is interesting. What was it about you that interested them in order to hire you with no experience? I honestly don't know. I was very clear with them about my experience. At that point, I think I was out for about four years. And so I, whenever a lawyer, uh, whenever a law firm was going to think about hiring a, a young lawyer, they usually think, okay, we can uh, tell them what they need to know, whatever. And what happened was, though, again, it wasn't the law firm. It was the individual who actually started the law firm, but then left to to real estate full time and he needed the general counsel. And when I met with him, we hit it off nicely. And then I think really the thing that sealed the deal, at least according, I think, to him, is after my interview with him, he said, okay, well, I'd like to meet your wife. And that was an interesting ask for the end of an interview. But I thought, okay, well, if you want to meet my wife, then I'm for sure I'm going to get the deal because my wife is great <laughs> with, <laughs> with people. She's also a lawyer. She's an estate planning lawyer, but she's just she got a great personality. So we went together to have breakfast with him and his family, and we hit it off, and that was the end of the story. Well, that is an interesting story, and certainly 
it does illustrate that experience is probably not the most important thing in conjunction with real estate investing. Especially in the beginning. A lot of your listeners may be thinking, well, gee, should I even try? Because it's very intimidating, obviously. Real estate investing, there is a lot to learn, but you can do that fairly quickly with all of things like like this podcast. I mean, there's so much great information out there. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a great way to start this off to tell people, your listeners, that don't be intimidated. There are plenty of different ways many of them free to get good a good start. Absolutely. I think, Jeff, what this really illustrates for me is that probably the most important thing in conjunction with real estate is actually relationships. And you illustrated that perfectly. With the first thing that this employer wanted to do was to meet your wife. And clearly, the relationship was what was important to you as well. And we find that over and over in real estate. And like you said, there are so many ways to learn about it. And it seems like it's so intimidating. And it really is, but it definitely is not rocket science. And there are people who are going into real estate at the age of 18 years of age and being successful at it. So it doesn't take a whole lot to really learn the basics. Sure. The biggest problem... Uh, with real estate, I guess it's not necessarily the biggest problem, but so many people think that they have to, if they're going into commercial real estate, they have to go into syndication. And you do syndications, but you encourage joint ventures over syndication. Tell us about joint ventures. What's the difference between syndication and joint ventures? Okay. I will, Matt, and before I answer that question, I want to give your audience a case study that finish towards the end, but to give them an idea of where this topic could fit in with their business. So I had a client who during the 2008 financial crisis had a problem. And in early 2012, he put a short sale under contract for a duplex in a great location. And the bank took many months to approve the short sale. But finally, in November of 2012, the bank approved the short sale. But in 2012, the market was still in a heavy downturn, and my client wasn't sure if he should go through with the deal or let it go, because at that time, nobody knew if the crisis would continue to get worse or when it would recover. So he came to me and asked me for my advice. So I'm going to leave it there, and everybody stay with us, and I'll tell you what my advice was and what the outcome was. And at the end of our time together, I'll also give you a gift. But I, wanna, I just wanted to share that with you. So to answer your question, and by the way, I should also mention, since I'm a lawyer, because I am a lawyer doesn't mean that I'm offering you legal advice and we have no attorney-client relationship. If this is a topic that you're interested in getting more information about, you could talk to your lawyer, or if you don't have a lawyer, give me a call and I can talk to you about it. But um, that's what we lawyers have to say at the beginning of a talk to individuals like yourself. In any event, so... Your question, the difference between a syndication and a joint venture. So, so we don't leave anybody behind at the starting gate. A syndication is basically if you, instead of in, want to invest in somebody else's deal, if you find a property that you want to buy, then if you need the money for that property, then the most common way for people to get it is by using a syndication, which is something that is governed by the Securities and Exchange Commission. And But if you do that, there are many 
things that you need to know and observe when you are setting up your syndication. And the main definition of who's going to be in your deal, if you do a syndication, is they're going to be a passive investor, somebody who's just putting money into your deal. Investors are a little different in this way. A joint venture is coming together. The dictionary definition of a joint venture is the coming together of two or more individuals for a common business purpose. And that's fine. But when I'm talking about a joint venture in this context, comparing it to syndication and using a joint venture, if you want to buy real estate, the two main things about joint venture are that you need to be actively each of the joint venture partners need to be actively engaged in the deal and they have to have sufficient experience in real estate so that they know what they're getting themselves into. Those are just two requirements, so it's not a lot, but they're very important. And if you don't do it correctly, then that could be a problem. And so let's go back for a second on that because it's the terminology can be confusing. Whenever I tell people what I just told you, that they have to be actively engaged. Well, what does actively engaged mean? Actively engaged means it's not enough just to give money to the deal. You have to actually be involved in the deal. And the best example I can give to you is the following. And this was a deal that I did a lot of years ago. I worked together with three other people to do a housing development. And there were four of us. And so the first guy was the guy who found the deal and got the loan. The second person was the real estate broker who was involved in the deal, helping to decide what the, uh, the housing would look like. And also they should be involved in selling the deal. We had the developer who was going to do most of the work. And there was myself. I was the one who brought the money to the deal. And I also did the legal work. And that's four of us, four of us. Each of us had a separate task in the deal, and each of us brought unique value to that deal. So if the SEC ever, for some reason, decided to audit us, we could show we all were actively engaged. On top of that, we also, every week, even though we all lived in different cities, every week we had a meeting over the fall, and we had one of us who was the secretary notes of the meeting as to who said what and what was going on. And so we had a rock solid proof that we were all actively engaged in that deal. So hopefully that answers two questions, what actively engaged is, but also we always get the question, what do you have to do to actively engage? And that, that answers both of those questions. And so sufficient experience. Same thing. If the, in my example I just gave you, all of us really had sufficient experience because we had the guy who found the deal, we had the developer, we had the real estate broker, and we had myself. So those are, that is what the difference is between a joint venture and a syndication. Well, that is good information. I, I was really not clear on, on those particular points of active engagement and sufficient experience. I had been under the impression that you could be a passive investor in it, be just the same as you could be in a syndication. From what you're telling me, though, if it, it just that's a, it, it's important what you just said, because if somebody does come into your joint venture and that's all they are is a passive investor, that means the whole joint venture is not a joint venture because you've got 
that has been mastered. And that, so that's really important. You can't mix them. You can't mix it in a joint venture. So joint ventures are great, but you do need to, and the requirements are not located. It's just what I said, two things. Um, we discussed it in less than five minutes. You just need to know it. And you don't, if you've never done this before, you just don't know what you don't know, which is true of syndication and joint ventures. Certainly. Well, Jeff, uh, what, uh, active engagement, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is active as you're picking up the hand, all of those things. But from what you explained, active engagement could be anything like you could be responsible for setting up the weekly meetings and taking the notes. So it isn't, you don't have to be out there actively purchasing the property. You don't have to be out there managing the properties to be an active engagement, but you do have to have some active role, no matter how minimal it is. Yeah. And when it comes to real estate, there's always something that needs to be done unless you're buying land and you just buy it once and then you're just waiting for it and whatnot. That gets more complicated. But, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of tasks that, that, that would qualify as being actively engaged. But again, if this is a topic that your listeners are interested in, you really do need to work with a lawyer, but not only for the kind of understanding that we're talking about here, but to create the proper joint venture agreement. As we talked about that at the beginning, I do litigation as well as transactions, and we've handled partner disputes where we didn't handle, we didn't set up the partner, the partnership, but they came to us when they got into their dispute. I can tell you that in every partner dispute, the problem lay in a effective initial joint venture agreement. So this is something that, if, again, if it's a topic that's of interest to you, you really do need to work with a lawyer who knows what they're doing. Yeah, a few pennies up front could save millions in the end. Jeff, is there a difference between a joint venture and a limited partnership, or are they essentially one and the same in terms of entities? Yeah, they're essentially one and the same. Essentially one and the same. And I know you have some questions, but I also, at some point, if we have time, I would like to go a little deeper and explain to your audience why I think joint ventures are the cheapest, easiest, fastest, and safest way to build your real estate portfolio. Jeff, let's go on into that right, right now. Tell us why it is that JV, in your opinion, is the better way to get started. Right. Okay, so let's break it down. The cheapest. I think it's the cheapest because you can do more deals for less of your own money. How can you do that? Well, first, JVs cost a fraction of the amount that you'll require to do a syndication sale, save money right there. And again, I do syndications and joint ventures, so you're going to end up paying me less for a joint venture than for a syndication. A second, you don't have to put so much of your own money in your deals. So example, I had a conversation with an individual at one of the events that I was speaking at, and I discussed this exact issue, this topic with him. And I asked him, as I was just trying to get to know the guy, why he was there. And I asked him if he's, in, if he's going to be looking to buy a deal. He said, no, he's fully invested. And it turned out he was fully invested in about seven or eight deals. And I told him what I'm telling all of you, that you don't have to, you can use a joint venture. And I explained to him that if he had a joint venture, what he could do was actually bring in a partner for one or more of his existing deals, and then he would have money to go ahead and buy more deals instead of just waiting until those deals that he already had 
were sold. And when I explained that to him, his eyes just lit up. And then after that event, he put a, a nice comment to my LinkedIn page. And he said, quote, I had the opportunity to discuss our real estate holdings with Jeff Lerman in Boston, where he was a special guest speaker at a real estate business event. In just a few brief moments, Jeff was able to assess my business model and open my eyes to the extraordinary use and leverage of joint venture partnership. I never would have imagined establishing the structures Jeff was able to explain in easy to understand language and to create the potential for growth beyond our imagination within our grasp. It was right in front of us and never knew it was there. And he had nice words about thanking me. So this is something which can really change your whole perception of how to do real estate. That's why I think it's cheapest. That's why I say it's the cheapest way to do it. The easiest, I say it's the easiest because there is so much to do in real estate investing. You got to sift through dozens of deals to find one. You got to analyze the deal. You got to do the due diligence, find the loan, deal with the lender, find the money, manage the asset, manage the manager, all the property. And if it's just you doing everything, then that is not only intimidating, it's it, very difficult to really do all of that. And if you have a partner, going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, look at all those different tasks that you could have a partner help you with. And if you have one or more partners, then the more partners you have, the easier it becomes to get the job done. Can contrast that with if you are doing a syndication and you're the, and you're the main person. That's why I think it is the easiest. Fast. So I'd say it's fastest because you don't have to wait until your current deals are sold before you can buy more real estate if you're not putting all your money in your deals. And safest because first, you're not risking anything under the securities laws. Again, securities laws, you, you don't know what you don't know, even if you think you do know. If you're not a securities lawyer, you, there are things that you don't know. And so there's a risk there. As second, with joint ventures, you can diversify your real estate more. You could diversify by asset class, geography, and risk. And if you're still not convinced, let me read you just a short clip from a Wall Street Journal article on this topic. And they wrote, uh, quote, a growing player in the real estate market is the family office in which an ultra high net worth family typically with more than $100 million in assets, joined with another wealthy family to buy investment property. So get that to begin with. Here, the Wall Street Journal is saying there are groups out there that aren't doing a joint venture because they need the money. They're doing it for another reason. They say, despite having ample cash, these families are looking for partnerships in order to lessen their exposure to risk. If real estate values were to tank, for instance, Losses would be spread out over at least two parties rather than one family incurring the entire hit. Some family offices with expertise in housing look for partners that have built their wealth in other sectors. So again, talking about trying to minimize your risk that way. Others seek out real estate investors with a similar background in order to combine their expertise. Back on my initial case study where we had somebody who was a real estate agent who had the expertise that I didn't have. We had a developer who had the expertise I didn't have. And we had the guy who found the deal that I didn't find. And so all of that came about because of a joint venture. And they, find, they, they finished the article saying, partnering up can help a family office or you get regional diversification. That way, if a market takes a turn locally, 
the family still have rental income from other locations. So the idea being that, especially for people, the last few deals that I did were done outside California. They were done in Tennessee. And so if you can diversify by, by geography, then you don't have to feel like you're stuck only having to do a deal in your hometown. So those are, and the, the best part, the best reason why I think that the joint venture is so great. Let me go back to where the case study I gave you at the beginning. Think back to my client who didn't know what to do about the George Cell duplex. Recall, he didn't know if, due to the uncertain economy in 2012, he should buy it and risk losing his money or walk away. And my advice to him, since he was on the fence, was that he could get a second opinion from a successful real estate investor who was able to put his money where his mouth is, as opposed to just getting opinions from a consultant who's got no skin in the game. And that other investor that he spoke to was not concerned about the uncertain economy because the deal was in a great location. And even if the economy got worse, it would eventually rebound. And that other investor was willing to share in the deal 50-50. So my client bought the property with this other investor. And months later, the economy took off. And six months later, the property was worth double what they paid for it. Now, even though that's a happy ending, that's not the, that's not the takeaway because even if it didn't double, even if it just went down, the point is that what happened with him going through that process was to get a second opinion from somebody who was knowledgeable and whatever ultimate decision my client made, at least he would have felt better about it having consulted somebody else and that's what all of us need to do when it comes to real estate, if possible, because your risk tolerance level is something that, that varies. My risk tolerance level as a lawyer is actually pretty low. I don't like to take a lot of risks. So when I talk to one of my joint venture partners, I many times my risk tolerance level has increased because I see what other real estate investors have done and that changed my real estate, my, my risk. And so, and not only that, but because of this, what my client said now has a joint venture partner who gives him deals. So you got, if you have a joint venture partner, you have somebody else who can bring deals to you. And so they're just the most important things that a joint venture can do, but this is a huge difference over just doing syndication where you're a one one man show. Jeff, I just felt much more enlightened about joint ventures. I thought I had some idea about them, but it's really helped us. Cheapest, easiest, fastest, safest, and actively engaged and sufficient experience are the key takeaways. Jeff, tell our viewers and listeners, you've got some wonderful gifts for them. Tell us how they can what those gifts are and how they can take it. So yeah, two gifts. One of them, these are both special reports that I put together based upon my 40 years of experience in this business. One is called 17 Steps for Setting Up a Successful Joint Venture. Again, I wrote this special report after one of our litigation matters involving a partner dispute, and I thought it was really important to make this 
information available to people so they know how important it is, but also know what steps they, they need to take. And the second is a special report also that I put together after one of these litigation matters. It's called 12 Warning Signs You're Headed for a Lawsuit with Your Partner. Because I can tell you that in every lawsuit that we've handled that was a partner dispute, the warning signs were there from the very beginning. And when I meet with my client, I handle them in a, with a particular process to try to mitigate that risk. But it's important that you know what it is because what breaks my heart is when I'm talking, when I'm dealing with a client in a litigation matter, and if they would have not only had a partnership that was set up correctly, but they would have recognized these warning signs that could have made all the difference in the world. So these are really important special reports that I encourage you to take advantage of. And if you have any questions about any of them, please give me a call. Enlightened investors, I feel like we're just scratching the surface in terms of joint ventures. Jeff, you've just been so informative and put it right out there. It has just been a wonderful conversation. I'm definitely going to check out your free gifts there. Take advantage of that. And I'm sold on JV's. Enlightened investors, thanks so much for being with us today. Jeff, thank you for all of your enlightenment today. Thank you very much. And I think you already did give people my email address so that they can request the special reports. Yes, absolutely. That will be in our show notes. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much, John. I really appreciate it. Always fun. And it was, it was great. Thank you, Jeff. It's been wonderful. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.